You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo. This is Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo, and today I have my friend Amy Spindel here with us on the podcast. Amy, it is awesome to have you here. Um, I've genuinely loved connecting with you um, over the last, I guess, year, year and a half. Um, we connected through one of the boards that we both had taken, and we actually connected in a study group. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do and a little bit about your nutritional practice? Yeah, thank you so much, Megan, for having me. It's such an honor to be here, and I'm really excited for our conversation today. Same. Um, So I'm a functional holistic nutritionist. I have a virtual practice out of Texas, and my mission is really to help moms and kids feel happier, calmer, and more energetic so that they can get back to their best life. Um, And I do this using a multidisciplinary approach. I'm really looking at mind, body, and spirit to really try to understand what the root causes of people's symptoms and why they may not be feeling so well. Um, And I I know you had asked me to just share a little bit about my background. Um, I have a master's in holistic nutrition from Hawthorne University and some additional training from the School of Applied Functional Medicine. Um, I was a social worker previously, excuse me. So I have a master's in social work um, as well as a board certification in holistic nutrition and applied functional medicine certification. Um, So yeah, I'm just really excited to be here and, and chat with you a little bit about And so our topic today is bodily stewardship and biochemistry. And sometimes people kind of fritz at the word biochemistry because it sounds daunting, but when we actually know chemically how things are working in our body and how things actually break down and other things unlock certain things, we're going to be able to be more empowered to really take care of our bodies and have a lot more mindfulness about what goes into our body. So um, the first question, just to ask you, how would you kind of give someone a new framework for, let's say they have no grid for biochemistry, how would you start reframing some thoughts around food serving a specific purpose in the body and not just for like comfort or convenience or pleasure? Yeah, I mean, food serves multiple roles for us, and we can have lots of different associations with the foods that we're choosing or the foods that are being served to us in different situations. Um, Certainly, there's a cultural element to it, too, right? Like, we show up at certain family members' houses, and we know that they're famous for their tuna noodle casserole or their jello dish or their cookies or you know we uh, show up to a church event or something like that and we know what that's going to be like but you know thinking about the types of foods that we're choosing just for ourselves on a day-to-day may or may not be influenced by what our cultural references are and I think you know it's important to really consider what the purposes of the food Um, Like you mentioned, Megan, like some foods are more for convenience. We know that we need to have certain foods in our diet in order for our bodies to work well, right? We know that we need, let's say fiber. We know that we need some protein. Um, There's different ways of getting at those things. And sometimes we do eat for pleasure because it feels really good or because it evokes a certain memory that helps to soothe us or because we feel really unsettled or upset. And, you know, we just reach for certain foods like carby foods. Um, So thinking about, you know, how we might develop a framework for for considering what we might be reaching for at any given moment. I think it's important to stop when we start reaching for something and think about, okay, well, what are we reaching for? And what is our experience like at the moment? 
So, you know, I know for me, sometimes I get really stressed out or I get really upset and I just head right for the pantry and I grab a bag of chips because I know that salty and that crunchy is going to really calm me down. Um, so I would start thinking about, okay, you know, if I'm reaching for the bag of chips, what purpose might that serve? And how might that be helpful for me in the moment? And it doesn't make it right or wrong. I just want to understand what that reaction is and why I might be choosing a certain food. Um, and, you know, I had mentioned too, like carby foods, even sugary foods, processed foods can really support someone in feeling calmer. It um, changes some of the chemistry in the brain um, to just help soothe us and calm us down. But I think it's important too to um, think about, okay, if I am reaching for these foods, I'm reaching for the cake or for the cookies, what about it in the moment? What am I experiencing in the moment? What feelings are coming true for me? And then why might I be reaching for a certain type of food? Um, and Megan, if I may, I, I do want to also differentiate between like, we can eat for pleasure because it's kind of self-medicating or we can eat for pleasure because food really can taste really good. Absolutely. So it, it, yeah, like acknowledging and allowing for that too. Like I just made a really fantastic butternut squash soup the other day and I wouldn't yeah. consider it junk food, but it was really soothing for me. Yeah. And I think it's interesting when our, when our pathway in our brain is rerouted from thinking that processed, quick convenience food is the good food and nutritional nutrient dense food that is good for us food. It's like genuine goodness that goes into our body. Having that rerouted is really important in the healing process. And it's interesting that you mentioned just what am I reaching for in this moment? Let's say someone's triggered and they're going for whatever it is that gives them comfort from a food source. That mm -hmm. is the body communicating with us. And it could be even linked to like past trauma um, mm -hmm. that's hidden in the body. And it could even be linked to certain things like um, needing a security to come from food because food means nurture. And when we're mm -hmm. able to nurture ourselves properly with the proper uh, phytonutrients that come from a lot of plants, uh, like herbs and veggies and fruits, plant-based ideas, we're going to get so much more value. But I think a lot of it starts when we learn how our body is languaging certain things to us. Yeah. I love that you said that. And I think there is that transition piece, right. Of identifying what the feelings are, what that language is trying to tell us the messages that are being sent. And then being able to translate that over into more of whole foods, colorful foods, foods that really nourish us. Because once we start eating more of those foods, we start to overall feel much better. It not only changes our biochemistry, but it changes our gut microbes. And so just from those different dynamics, it can kind of lift the boat, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so maybe we find that, okay, I don't need that comfort food. Maybe I am eating more of a whole foods diet and I'm just overall feeling a little bit better. Things that are a little bit more manageable. I'm still going to have triggers. I'm still going to need to respond to those triggers, but maybe I can take a pause and see, okay, you know, does my body need that comfort? Are there different ways to get that comfort? Is it going to be from the processed foods? Is it going to be from, I don't know, a piece of fruit or a butternut squash soup cup? Or is it going to be from finding a friend or finding my dog or, you know, finding something else that, that can also support that comforting and that nurturing in a different way? Yeah. And like you said, finding comfort in a different way. A lot of, a lot of my listeners, they have to have something to root back into. Um, a lot of people who have trauma have to have something to root back into, to bring them mm -hmm. back into this moment, especially when triggered. 
food could easily do that, but food could also be a source of re-triggering trauma, um, especially sugar. You know, if someone has been trained to be rewarded, sugar could be like a pacifier for that trauma. And then you're on this loop that is causing more damage for the parts that are damaged through the trauma. Um, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. A lot of emotional issues can be, like we've said, tracked back to what we eat, um, like refined sugar for dopamine hits and serotonin and different things like that. They can, this can lead to depression because instead of being on a stable, um, like a stable pathway, we're going up and down, up and down, up and down with these sugar hits that are basically making our body feel like, okay, I'm high. And then it it crashes. You get the crash. And yeah. then boom, now you're, you're feeling a super low. Mm-hmm. Um, can you unpack how food could positively affect us emotionally when we have reached for something that is going to be beneficial for our body's healing purposes? Yeah, no, I really appreciate that question because I think to your point about the sugar, like blood sugar stability is a really big one for just maintaining our mood and our overall emotional well-being. Um, if our blood sugar is spiking and falling and spiking and falling, we can feel anxious, we can feel upset, we can feel lethargic, we just feel really, really crappy. And when we feel that way, it makes it a lot harder to weather other triggers or other things that come up for us in terms of stress. Um, so definitely, you know, looking at, at what might be causing the blood sugar, of course, you know, trauma can cause some blood sugar dysregulation, but just the food choices on top of that can certainly imbalance things further. So like you said, those refined carbs, processed sugars, processed foods, um, certainly will start this blood sugar roller coaster as opposed to foods that we might choose that are really brightly colored, um, like fruits and vegetables or whole grains that have a lot of fiber, um, definitely um, different kinds of proteins, be it animal proteins or nuts and seeds and beans, um, things like that, that will help to keep the blood sugar stable so that you're not on this big roller coaster up and down and up and down and anxious and feeling crappy. Yeah. And whenever we actually have food that does nourish our body and provides comfort, but also stability, that's, Mm -hmm. that takes us to the next level in healing. And in clinical herbalism, we root a lot of things in holistic nutrition, because if you don't have a good foundation to root healing medicines from the earth into, you don't have anywhere to, to anchor. And so the body has got to have proper nutrition in order for all of the other, all the other, all the other things to go. You've got to have that. Yeah. You know, that really resonates with me because just from a micronutrient breakdown, right? So looking at vitamins, looking at minerals, um, looking at these plant-based nutrients, if we don't have a steady stream of what our body needs to run on, it's not going to be able to achieve those higher levels of healing. It's going to keep us jammed in some of these pathways that just aren't firing how we would want them to fire in order to achieve that healing. So especially thinking about the brain, thinking about neurotransmitters, thinking about trauma, you know, we definitely need more magnesium, more B vitamins. We need to get that from our food or from supplements. And unfortunately our refined diet won't have those in them. It might have lower amounts, but certainly not what we need to really get over the hump to recover. Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting. You're talking about needing certain nutrients in order to keep going and healing Mm -hmm. half the time 
coffee is a huge one, especially, you know, I've, I've had my own share of needing coffee to just kind of get me over the hump. And this is not like banning coffee drinkers from (laughs) engaging and having a great cup of coffee, but there can be a time when you're reaching for the coffee and it's halfway through the day and you know, I know the caffeine is going to keep me awake at night, but I need to, I need to execute this, you know, project that I'm working on. And so you go for the coffee, but then now you've, you're on this catch 22 because you're feeling a little jittery. You're feeling a little anxious. It's now past midnight. And the person who has reached for the coffee is not able to wind down because they were trying to get over that hump. So now sleep is then challenged because, you know, they're on this cycle. Um, it's just really interesting how a lot of people don't know how to get off of these cycles that are presently beneficial in the moment. It's like momentarily beneficial for them, but in the long run, it's like, they can't see past that momentary moment of, I need this right now. And if I don't get it, then I don't know what I'm going to do. What are your thoughts on that? Explain a little bit more about how to get off of that hamster wheel. Yeah, no, it can definitely be challenging for sure. Um, Just thinking about, you know, and it's not only necessarily can't see past that hump, but it's, it's in a sense, survival mode, Mm -hmm. right? Like if we're crashing midday and we know that we still need to pick up the kids and make dinner and get the house cleaned up and get ready for the next day. And, you know, it's two o'clock and you're ready to go take to bed for the day. (laughs) I I really think it's survival mode. Um, And I think if we zoom out, what I often see in my clients and Megan, maybe you see the same thing. um, It's just people that have been through a ton and just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and their adrenals are just really, really tired. Yeah. And they just kind of need that rest and that restoration. Um, And, you know, part of this can be fueled by that blood sugar roller coaster that we were talking about. So, you know, looking at the forest instead of the trees of the day, Um, thinking about a whole foods diet, thinking about getting enough protein and enough fiber and some really good vegetables in the morning to just start the day. So the day doesn't um, just start with a blood sugar roller coaster, but then also thinking about different ways to just nourish and support the adrenals. So making sure someone's getting, it's going to sound weird from a nutritionist, but getting enough salt, right? And I'm not talking about like the white iodized table salt or like the Morton's kosher salt, talking about like the colored salt that has lots of minerals in it because our adrenals and our brain and every single cell in our body really needs minerals to run. And I see a lot of mineral insufficiency, especially for people who have just dealt with a lot in life. Um, It's, It's interesting because in herbalism, there's five tastes of herbalism and that's how you break down different categories for all of, all of our herbs that are medicinal, essentially. And one entire category is salty for herbs. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it's not like you're, you know, tasting the ocean or anything like that, but it corresponds to minerals. So like, um, kelp is very mineralizing oat straw, mm-hmm. very mineralizing. These are certain things that can add minerals back into the body. Stinging nettle is another one of them. And so it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm actually, it's crazy that you even said salt because I'm going through this entire study of salt and how it corresponds to even our bones. Um, but when we use salt, it speaks to our bones because it's mineral to mineral. And when our bones are healthy, we're able to create more blood cells and there's life flow and power in the blood. And so when the blood is clean, when the blood has the ability to work properly, 
then every other system is going to be able to respond with vigor. And I think it's also so cool how you mentioned the adrenals. The adrenals, basically, if you've listened to my podcast, most of you have listened to The Fractal of Two by Arthur Burke. He has talked about how at night, the, the adrenals guide us in processing information. So it goes from one to the other. And if our adrenals are blocked, our grid for processing information, even if it's food information, chemical information, it's not going to be as optimal as it could be. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. You also mentioned um, a little bit about the gut microbe. And let's talk about probiotics a little bit, because I feel like a lot of people who are listening think popping a probiotic just to keep maintenance is how probiotics work, but there's actually a lot more to it than just popping a probiotic because you took an antibiotic and now we have to balance. There's a, there's a legitimate way to bring healing through good, good bacteria for our gut. Can you explain a little bit more about how that might work? Yeah. So I think it's so multifaceted and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you know, if we think about how our nervous system functions, we have a direct pathway from the brain straight to the gut called the vagus nerve. And our bacteria that are living in the gut can actually communicate to the brain directly through that vagus nerve. So it's kind of like the super highway. And when the gut microbes are imbalanced and maybe we have more of the undesirable um, microbiota there. So it might be bacteria, it might be parasites, it might be fungi, um, might be, um, you know, the, the viruses that might live there. It, it could be lots of other things as well. We have lots of residents taking up space in there. Um, if there's too much of an imbalance in there, the brain's going to be getting all of these kind of negative signals. The brain knows that something is wrong. The brain tries to work with the immune system to help rebalance, but it's not always successful. So we have to remember also that a lot of our biochemistry, a lot of our neurotransmitters are actually created in the gut, not in the brain. Um, it's a very small amount in the brain. So when we think about, okay, well, all these neurotransmitters, a big seat of our mood and how we process information is going on in the gut. And then it's communicating that back up to the brain too. So the balance of bacteria in the gut, as well as all of these other microbes in there is super, super important. Um, and, you know, one of the most important ways to have a really happy, healthy microbiome is to actually feed them. <laughs> kind of like we might feed our family with nutritious food. I think about eating as not just feeding us with the nutrients that we need, but we're also feeding all of these microbes that have taken up residence in our gut. And the best way to crowd out the bugs that we don't want is to feed the ones that we do want selectively. And the ones that we do want love fiber. So kind of back to the plant foods that help us to feel better. That's one of the reasons why um, a healthy balanced body is getting a lot of fruits and vegetables and whole grains in um, because we're feeding those bugs with a lot of fiber. And that's good also for even like the detox processes because mm -hmm. if that detox process isn't even opened then we're literally just housing all sorts of toxins and that creates so much more mayhem <laughs> within the body. Exactly. And without enough fiber, all that mayhem stays stagnant. We're not pooping. Right. So, exactly. So it's fun in, in, in practice. And I'm sure you do this too. I ask for pictures of people's bowel movements in some cases, because we can tell so much by what is coming out of our body. And then we can figure out, okay, 
we know that absorption is kind of sluggish right now. We know that, um, you know, this system is needing to be supported in whichever way it needed to be supported. Right. Even the bacterial balance, we can sometimes tell. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a background, um, in helping other people be educated and knowledge empowers us when we know more about like our biochemistry and how our body is designed to have certain keys that unlock certain reactions. Like we've talked about knowing those keys, it really empowers us for people who have trauma or maybe PTSD, um, or suffer with surface symptoms of food related issues. Like say they're having a really off day. They're feeling a little more depressed than usual. What are some steps they could take to bring their nutrition into alignment? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Megan. Um, I think it comes back to what we kicked the podcast off with of just becoming more mindful of the types of triggers that we might have and what we might reach for. And also surrounding ourselves with the good foods that are going to support us. And sometimes that might entail preparing stuff ahead of time so that it's just available. So that if we know there's ice cream in the freezer, but we also know that there is a bean dip in the freezer and that bean dip is really, really tasty. Can we just pull that? You know, can yeah. we have that right away? Um, can that help to serve a purpose of nurturing our body and not just the emotion that might be coming through to get through to the next minute? Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, because we live in such a fast paced society, quick, convenient is going to be very, very helpful. One of the things that expedites time is ordering your groceries, picking them up, and then mm -hmm. using the time that you would have been in the grocery store to prep the produce. Because the I've noticed there's a huge block with, it's not the intention that's not there. It's sometimes the blocks in time that come up where, yeah, you've got a bag of onions, but are they cut up and ready to use quickly? No. So doing, using your time wisely to prep things ahead of time to have a system in place is really helpful. And if that's challenging for some of the listeners, that's why there is support through nutritional practitioners and other, other practitioners who know how to streamline some of these processes so that you're not caught off guard and like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I have no idea how to do this. This isn't sustainable because I'm in overwhelm. That's not the goal. The goal is to bring peace into the mayhem, to, to bring alignment into that, uh, what do I do next kind of thing. So Amy, if people were wanting to connect with you, what would be the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, um, so they can just visit my website. It's foodwiththoughtnutrition.com. Perfect. And from, yeah, from there, if they would like to contact further, there's different ways listed out. Different so. avenues. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Amy, it has been an honor to talk to you and to just hear your thoughts on all of these questions and also get a perspective into the biochemistry of just how our body's working, what to do when we're triggered, are we reaching for something of good quality, actual goodness, or just temporary goodness? So um, blessings to you. Blessings to your business. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to chat with you today. You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazinga.